Live by Live has all of your favorite music, and you can listen for free. Whether you hit play on one of our hundreds of curated music stations or create your own custom artist radio station, you'll find the music you love on Live by Live. Visit LiveXLive.com or search LiveXLive in the App Store or Google Play and listen for free now. It's time to eat. Get in my belly! Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Evan Silva. Me so hungry. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, presented by, as always, by BetOnline.ag. How about that promotion they got going right now? Use the promo code BIGGAME to potentially win Two all-expense-paid trips to a little thing called the Super Bowl. BetOnline.ag, promo code BIGGAME. He is Evan Silva, who is absolutely a stud. Evan, I saw where you have already posted your free agent rankings for 2019. I love it. That's a must-bookmark for me, especially when I'm on the radio and people are calling in and asking me, about free agents that their team could sign. It's awesome. Absolutely awesome. Kudos to you, as always, for that. By the way, you can check that out over at Roto World, or Evan posts it. Go to his timeline, at Evan Silva on Twitter. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL, former NFL offensive lineman, journeyman. Five teams, seven years, pretty cool temp job in my 20s. Now I got another, I guess, pretty cool temp job. All the media gigs and certainly all the podcasts like the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Now, obviously, Evan, today's a little bit different because there is no game to really preview from a DFS perspective. Instead, we are going to bring on an awesome, awesome guest that I'm really fired up about. Field Yates does a terrific job for ESPN. He's all over their fantasy football stuff. Obviously, he does an awesome job. You see him on multiple platforms. And we're going to do a way too early 2019 fantasy football mock draft first round between you two guys. I am really, really excited about. Should be should be awesome. Absolutely awesome. Before we do that, though, you know what is awesome? Lightstream. I've told you guys about this before, okay? Look, a lot of people have credit card debt. A lot of people. What you need to do, though, if you do, is get a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream. You can get a rate as low as 6.14% APR with auto pay and save thousands in interest. It's fixed. So as rates continue to rise, your low rate won't budge. They have loans anywhere from 5000 to 100000 By the way, if you racked up $100,000 in credit card debt, that is impressive. At any rate, though, I got buddies that still have credit card debt. I know a lot of kids coming out of college with credit card debt. It happens. I get it. But what you can do is you can do something about it so you're not paying whatever those ridiculous interest rates are. Are they like 15 20%? That's insane. Get a credit card consolidation lo- loan, pay off the credit cards, and then just pay Lightstream automated 6.14%. 
you'll be you'll have that debt behind you a lot faster. Plus, you guys can save even more with an additional rate discount. But the only way to get it is to go to lightstream.com slash feast. So if you want extra, an extra low rate, it's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash feast. Lightstream.com slash feast. If you have credit card debt or any debt, don't delay. Do this now. Subject, of course, credit approval. Rate includes 0.5% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply. Offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash feast for more information. Next meal. So as promised, we've got Field Yates from ESPN fame. I'm assuming your Twitter handle field is just at Field Yates, right? Strong assumption there, Ross. Um, I think creativity has long been one of my fortes in life. So securing Field Yates when so many others were likely after that handle some seven or eight years ago was one of my most notable achievements in life. <laughs> I love it. Um, so we're gonna do we're gonna do a, a the way too early 2019 mock draft and. So people are clear, this is not a two-team league, obviously, right? This is just two of the best fantasy experts on the planet going back and forth with the order in which they would take players right now looking ahead to next year. So um, I guess we'll start with you, Evan. Number one pick, who's in the running and who would you ultimately take based on the information we have at hand now? I'm going to go with Saquon Barkley. Um, I think that he was the best running back in the league as a rookie. I think that he should have been the all-pro selection at running back on the all-pro team. Um, I think that the Giants' run blocking can't possibly get any worse. It can only get better. There's only one way to go. Uh, He was also one of the youngest running backs in the league, obviously, as a rookie. So he has room for improvement, I think. Um and just his overall skill set, the Giants' willingness to give him the ball, you know, 25, 30 times a game, all that is positive. And I'm hoping that the Giants will add um, a quarterback in the draft, ideally Dwayne Haskins. I think that if we could get Dwayne Haskins onto the Giants, um, he, you know, he adds some mobility, he will add some big play potential to the Giants' offense. We get back a healthy Odell Beckham. Evan Ingram was sidelined for much of last season. You know, this Giants offense should be able to take a significant step forward. I think it begins at the quarterback position. uh, But I think that this offense, you know, they finished number 13 in the NFL in uh, football outsider offensive DVOA. And that was with missing guys and with having really bad offensive line play that I think can that can only stand to improve field you're up at number two uh, I do want you guys though to at least make one comment on on what the guy says before you the selection before uh, who would you have been debating at number one field and who would you ultimately take now at number two so Ross I can make a case for four players and my ultimate decision I've got my order listed was Saquon Barkley number one overall for a lot of the reasons that Evan highlighted 
in a league where teams can sniff what you're going to do, Saquon Barkley still averaged five yards a carry behind a reshaped offensive line, but a passing game that scared virtually nobody. He scored 11 rushing touchdowns. I think the role is bound to be quite similar going into next season. Saquon would have been my pick as well. At number two, I got to be honest with you guys, I don't want to be too much of a prisoner of the moment, but I nearly moved this guy that I'm going to take number two down to like number three in my favorite order. So I'm going to stick with Todd Gurley. Uh, Todd Gurley over the past couple of weeks has been a backup run. It's like a perilous thing to say about a player that you're going to take number two overall in fantasy football. That being said, lest we forget, 14 regular season games, Todd Gurley had 11 weeks in which he finished as a top 10 running back in PPR scoring. That was more than any other player this season. He scored 30 rushing touchdowns over the past two years, by far the best in the NFL. The past couple of weeks have perhaps given me a tiny bit of pause over Todd Gurley, but I think that one thing that sort of is important to remember is the Rams this offseason have so many big money decisions they're going to have to make, whether it's extending a guy like Marcus Peters, potentially Jared Goff, paying offensive linemen like Roger or Doobie for the agents. I think that the Rams are not going to make adding another running back a major priority for them this season. So as much as C.J. Anderson has proven that this offensive line is really good, I still think it's going to be clearly girly going into the year as not just a part of the running game, but the running game. As a matter of fact, the focal point of the offense again. Interesting. Yeah, that is. it, it is at, at January 23rd. They're going to the Super Bowl. It is interesting to talk about and think about Gurley just given especially that NFC Championship game where, wow, that was that was a rough one for him. What do you think about that, Evan? Who, who do you take at number three, and and what would you have been thinking at number two? Well, speaking of which, you know, I think it's a very interesting topic to discuss. I and if you were to be a prisoner of the moment, you could go crazy on this and drop him, drop Todd Gurley like out of your first round. I mean, there, there's there are enough good players that if you wanted to be like extremely risk averse. You could just dump Todd Gurley. Um, But I I agree with keeping him inside the top five. And I I think he got benched last week, honestly. I mean, the the week before, he was super, super explosive. I thought thought that the reason that he shared time with C.J. Anderson was because what uh, what Sean McVay told the announcers, which was that it was a stamina issue. I mean, I, I believe that. And last week, he made critical errors in uh, the early part of the game. And they just went with the hotter hand. And, I mean, I, that's the equivalent of getting benched. I'm sure that he's probably not, you know, right at 100%. But in the, uh, the uh, divisional round, um, Next Gen Stats clocked him at the fast, like having the most explosive game that he had all season, so I don't know, it's 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 a difficult situation to to analyze. But he was not on the injury report, um, and I mean I think he got stri- straight out benched uh, against the the Saints. But uh, at number three, I'm going to go with Ezekiel Elliott. I think that he is a real high floor pick. Uh, 
Um, you know, he's far past his his kind of early career. I think he, he's uh, become more of like a team leader. Um, and his usage in the passing game, especially after the Cowboys' bye week, was critical uh, to make him less game script dependent uh, and just to give him a bigger upside week to week. We're doing this at for, for half PPR, so it's not full PPR, no. but we're still getting points for receptions. And he showed us in the second half of the season that he was a really good receiver. That was a little bit of a question mark about him early in his career, but it, w- it was really born out of the, the fact that the Cowboys coaching staff had not prioritized getting him the ball in the passing game, but they absolutely did down the stretch. No running back had more targets, catches, receptions, uh, except for Christian McCaffrey in the second half of the season, and um, that should absolutely carry over into 2019. So I, I got a big four there. Sort of have, I have a big four this you know as of right now, as I mentioned before I made my girly pick, and Zeke, I think there's a compelling case for Zeke as number one overall, too. What's interesting about yep. Zeke is he's got 13 rushing touchdowns over the past two seasons. Zeke does everything well, and I, I think, his, as we just mentioned with Gurley, the reservation about whether they were to lean more on a separate running back. Uh, but is there any question that Dallas is going to be totally and solely dedicated to Zeke in the running game? Like It would be a shock if Dallas prioritized adding any back of note. So I guess I'll just keep it going then right to four, by the way. And for me, the final member of the sort of, sort of quote-unquote big four. And imagine if you could, in one pick, have like Jarvis Landry and Adrian Peterson on your roster and just blend them together. Because that's kind of what Christian McCaffrey was as one player this past year. I mean, the stat line, just as a receiver, 67 yards and six touchdowns, which maybe I'm – underselling Jarvis Landry's yards per catch too much and hearkening back to his Miami days where he was like eight or nine yards a pop. But then you throw in 1,100 rushing yards on five yards of carry from CMC this past year, and it was maybe one of the more quietly dominant fantasy seasons we've seen in quite some time. There seems to be the most buzz about curtailing Christian McCaffrey's workload enough, but anybody who watched any Panthers game this year knew especially as Cam's shoulder started to regress and he was clearly hurt, that there was one thing that worked for Carolina, and that was fine 22 in space. And maybe things change and evolve a little bit as young wide receivers get better, but I still think that Christian McCaffrey, like I think 85 catches is the floor for him on a yearly basis now going forward, and we know the ceiling is north of 100. So McCaffrey is about as good of a bet to lead all backs and catches and challenge for 130 targets in a season. All right, Evan. I, I guess before you make your pick at number five, I'm I'm curious. Do you agree with Field about sort of the uh, the big four? Yeah, I. But I think there might be a big five. I think there might be a big five. And all right, I'm ready for who the fifth is in your opinion, then, Evan. Yeah, Alvin Kamara. Yeah, um, because Mark Ingram is a free agent. Every single member of this elite Saints offensive line is under contract for 2019. Ryan Ramchek, Max Unger, Larry Warford, Teron Armstead, Andrews, Pete. 
Drew Brees, I think that his deep ball has shown some signs of decline, uh, especially late in the season. This year he attempted only nine passes of 20-plus yards. I'm sorry, of 30-plus yards. Nine nine passes of 30-plus yards all year. In 2017, he attempted 23 passes of 30-plus of yards. Um, I think that a lot of that had to do with the absence of Ted Ginn. And the way that the, the, the Saints' offense just, you know, it was like a juggernaut for the first half of the season, and then it was not a juggernaut, like from that from that uh, from Thanksgiving onward. Um, Drew Brees, I think he had a four touchdown game on Thanksgiving against the Falcons. The next week they played the Cowboys, and from there their offense just kind of never found the same footing that it had early in the year. Those are the concerns. I, I think the, the the state of the offense. Do we see them rebound to their prolific levels? Uh, in 2019, that that's a question mark. But Mark Ingram is a free agent. Alvin Kamara was, you know, the difference-making running back in the first month of the season until Mark Ingram came back. And um, things just kind of weren't the same thereafter. Alvin Kamara definitely sp- sprinkled in some very big games. But if we can get Alvin Kamara, you know, near full-time feature back, then I think that he belongs in the top five. We have never seen, you know, uh, to 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 belong in that elite tier. We have not seen him go a full season in that role. But the upside is immense um, if you know if he gets that opportunity and he capitalizes. And so that's why he would be my number five overall pick. Hard to argue that one. And think about that month that you just referenced, Evan. In the four games that uh, Mark Ingram was suspended to begin the year, Alvin Kamara had 47 targets, Now, including 20 in a game. That's not a misspeak. 20 targets in a game. Like That's insane. <laughs> he had two games of 100-plus receiving yards. He was clearly the best player on a Saints offense that features you know, a, a per- per- perennial all-pro in Mike Thomas – uh, you know, a presumptive MVP runner-up in Drew Brees. He was amazing that first month of the season. I have you know, my my sort of working theory is that Mark Ingram stays in New Orleans, so that might be. But but that being said, you know, Kamara is my next man up here. Uh, hard to go wrong. Um, the, the only thing, and I'm some. I, I keep saying, I keep using the term like prisoner of the moment. Is like there are some times, as Evan referenced, how the offense kind of sputtered down the stretch. There, sometimes the Saints, it felt like overthought things a little bit. And I know everybody's going to point to Taysom Hill's usage, which I am in some ways referencing. There are times where I just wish they were a tad more committed uh, to Alvin Kamara. But when you're choosing between the fourth and fifth best player in fantasy, we're, we're really just nitpicking here. So I, don't, I certainly would um, have no argument taking Kamara even a slot or two higher. Um, and I think that uh, the next player that comes to mind for me, who's kind of you know, can make a pretty compelling case to be in this same tier is Melvin Gordon, who was a rock star for the Chargers for yet another season, the third straight year that he has been a massive part of their offense after a touchdown-less season as a rookie. Kind of amazing to think just how good he's been uh, in that time uh, after such an uninspiring rookie year and microfracture knee surgery and some concerns about bus status after – really 16 games. 
you know, a part of the passing game again this year with 50 catches, efficient as a passer, uh, as a receiver, I should say. Um, and in Los Angeles, like what we've seen is although they've had other quality running backs, Justin Jackson played well in fill-in duties. Austin Eckler was a big part of the passing game. They go back to the well with Melvin Gordon frequently. And Evan was referencing the cohesive offensive line in New Orleans. And they have got all five of their guys back next year. You know, on paper, it seems like the Chargers are poised to return the same, at least four of the same five offensive linemen as well. Phillip Rivers continues to be one of the more enjoyable quarterbacks and productive quarterbacks to watch. So I got to think that things look largely the same uh, for the Chargers going into next year. And uh, when I think I kind of, and I wouldn't say it's the end of a tier here, but I do think that Gordon probably, um, you know, there might be some conversation about wide receiver from here on out as the next pick up based off where we're at at this point of the offseason. And, you know, it's interesting. Um, you're right about Gordon. The one point I can add, Evan, before you make the seventh pick is talking with the Saints coaches a couple times on the field this year. I was there when they got Mark Ingram back, and they were so happy to have Mark Ingram back. Uh, so I, I would lean towards field in that I think they probably try to bring Ingram back because they were talking about it, 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 it made them feel a lot better about using Kamara when Ingram was back because they went into the first four games thinking, okay, we don't want to overuse Kamara. And then you get into the game and you're trying to win, and the next thing they know, they're giving them all these touches. So I, I think they are aware of – Camara over usage and they know how devastating it would be for them if he got hurt so they it was like a, a a sigh of relief when they finally got to the point where Ingram was back and they could you know they had another guy that they could feed and not not take the chance of overusing Camara so I thought that was just interesting talking to some of those guys before the games um what do you got at number seven Evan yeah, you know, Ross, don't be taking field side over mine. On our- <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it starts to get a little difficult here. Um, I think you definitely start to look at some wide receivers. I'm going to stick with running back here, and this is a really difficult decision because it's between two uh, guys who – well, one guy who replaced the other guy. Um, and I think, oh man, I think I'm going to go with James Conner right here at number seven overall. Um, he was a top five fantasy running back, uh, until he got banged up late in the season. That will be, you know, kind of the lingering question mark about him going into 2019. Can he hold up for a full year? But, um, the, the Steelers' offensive line, I think they're going to bring back at least three of their their uh, their five starting offensive linemen. Uh, the left guard, Ramon Foster, is a free agent. He's 33, still playing at a high level, um, but not you know not, not necessarily a guy that's a lock to return. And then at right tackle, um, Marcus Gilbert. They're, they're, they're coming to get me here. They're coming for you. They didn't like the pick. They didn't like the pick. Um, Marcus Gilbert, I think, I'm not sure. He got he got injured. So I'm not sure if he's going to be back. But I think that they'll definitely have back Ali Villanueva, 
David DeCastro and uh, Marquise Pouncey. Um, so, and I think that that's a really solid foundation. I think Ben showed that he, I mean, this Ben has played really, really well over the last couple of seasons. He always has these, these hiccups, you know, and like the, like the Jaguars game where he almost single-handedly loses the game. Of course, he brings them back in the end, you know, and the, the team went through a lot of turmoil and I don't know, it sounds like they are, that they've kind of decided, they've circled the wagons and they've decided that Antonio Brown is their problem. Um, I think that they, you know, they, they have James Washington, who uh, is going to get a much longer look this year. And uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, I think, is ready ready to be a number one receiver. I think that they're going to continue to field an explosive offense and, um uh, what they've shown us over the years is that the the steel that they are committed to using a running back in an every down role, whether it be you know D'Angelo Williams, whether it be Le'Veon Bell, whether it be James Conner, or even Jalen Samuels when he got his shot late in the season, they used him heavily. Um, so I think that that's one one thing that you can bank on is just their commitment to using James Conner. Um, as a true every down feature back. Like it. All right, field eight. At pick eight. And James Conner was on my list as well. I've, so so far we're, we're seven for seven in players that make our list here. But as we entered, and I know that this is about 2019, not about 2018, but as we entered week 17 of the 2018 regular season, there were just two players that had scored at least 15 points in every game up to that point of the season. And one of them was a quarterback in Patrick Mahomes, who was unbelievable. The other one was Devontae Adams, who, of course, missed, missed Week 17 because of an injury. I believe it was a knee injury. Uh, they cost him that finale uh, against the Lions where the backers just basically flatlined and decided not to show up. Um, but Devontae Adams was an absolute rock for the Green Bay Packers this year. We've seen Devontae Adams be a star with Aaron Rodgers young in Adams' career. We've seen it in a later stage of Devontae Adams' career. And he survived Brett Hundley a year ago. Remember how bad that offense was and how Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson fell off the face of the earth for those, that long stretch in which Aaron Rodgers was out? I mean, that was re- like the, the Packers went from one of the more enjoyable offenses to watch at high octane to like a difficult, tough, grinded out watch when Brett Hundley was under center. That's part of the reason why he was traded this past offseason. And Devontae Adams still was an absolute star with him under center. He is the only player in the NFL that has at least 10 receiving touchdowns in each of the past three seasons. As a matter of fact, he was the only guy to do it in both 2017 and 2018. And he yet added another double-digit touchdown season this year, um, I've got confidence, and this is like I, I feel like it sounds silly to even have to justify this, um, but because the, the tenor of the Packers season was so negative this past year, like I've got implicit confidence in Aaron Rodgers and the Packers getting back on track in a major way next year, and I'm all in on Devontae Adams. Uh, I like it. All right, so then what do you got at nine, Evan? Yeah, that's interesting because, you know, we're, we're taking Devontae Adams as the wide receiver one overall now. You know, it, yep. it's, it's crazy to think how far he has come um, over the past couple years, but but he's gotten there. And he's, I mean, you talk about 
trust factor between a quarterback and a wide receiver, you know, there, there's is Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams is immense. So um, I, I like it. I, I think it's bold. I think that it's you know not it's something that you know not not a lot of people would would think immediately. Oh, Devontae Adams as the wide receiver one overall. I think a lot of people would think about DeAndre Hopkins, maybe Julio Jones, maybe even Michael Thomas. Is Antonio Brown now out of that discussion? You know, I'm going to go back to the running back position here at number nine, and I'm going to go with Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, and I'm and I'm kind of hoping that he lands on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and he becomes Bruce Arians' David Johnson, his new David Johnson. Um, If he goes to, like, the Jets, you know, then I think that he's maybe more of a fringe first-round pick uh, in fantasy. Um, But, you know, I definitely want to see, like, I want to see – this is kind of narrative stuff, but I, I I want to see videos of this dude like working out, leading it into free agency. Because the only pictures and videos that I've seen all, all like all last year were of him like at the club, you know, on on Instagram. And I, I would prefer to see him like you know working out and you know make sure that his that his 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 mind is right, you know, he- entering the season. You don't just see guys in the prime of their career sit out an entire season and pass up $15 million. You know, like you, you do not see that happen. So I want to see some positivity, like just that, that he is committed to this football thing still. Um, And I'm sure that we will, because, you know, that's going to be critical to his free agent market value. Uh, as well, but I think if we could get him on, on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with all the firepower that they have offensively, um, under you know the direction of Bruce Arians, man, I think that that he could bounce back uh, and and become you know a great player again and become a great fantasy player again, which he, he's always been because of his receiving ability, um, and. You know he's never he's. It's going to be hard for him to play behind offensive lines that were as good as the one in Pittsburgh was for him. You know which which really you know the the combination of his patience behind the line, his running style, and that that offensive line gave him the ability to do that. He can't. He, can't, he you know he's not necessarily going to be able to run the ball like that behind other offensive lines that allow more penetration than the Steelers' offensive line did. Um, but I think that uh, Bruce Arians, one thing that he did that was so great with David Johnson was he understood how valuable David Johnson was as a pass catcher and also um, got him running outside the tackles. Uh, and I think that that would really suit Le'Veon Bell well. But, uh, again, it's going to come down to his landing spot. Got it. Love number Le'Veon 10 field. Bell pick. I, I would add, by the way, if another team that um, – I think makes sense, but it might reduce his value. Would be the Jets, right? Like just from the sense that they know they've got to spend this offseason. GM Mike McCagnan, I think, is aware of the fact that although he was retained, like he better start hitting on players right away, and he better make Sam Darnold better in a hurry. I would feel better about uh, Le'Veon's value, though, if he went to Tampa. I'm with Evan. That's about as ideal of a scenario in terms of like plausible 
like realistic um, landing spots for Le'Veon for 2019 and beyond. I like it. How about number 10? Yeah, so I'm going to go back to the wide receiver well here. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, who Evan just mentioned, could very well be in the conversation in the number one wide receiver overall. The guy played 17 games this year, obviously the one postseason game. He had at least 10 targets in 12 of those 17 games. And in the five games in which he had fewer than 10 targets, he scored a total of five touchdowns. So he still finds ways to make good every single week. He's about as consistent and steady of a player as there is at the position. Quarterback play has not derailed his production in the past. I talked about how uh, Devontae Adams survived Brent Hundley. Like DeAndre Hopkins, is like he's like, hold my beer. Like Look at all the players I've survived with at quarterback that have come through Houston, whether it was Brandon Whedon filling in or whether it was Tom Savage to begin last season. It has always been that DeAndre Hopkins has found a way to produce. Um, I really do believe that, uh, you know, I, I am still always hunting running backs, you know, as much as I can early. I am almost always hunting running backs as much as I can early. Uh, but with Le'Veon off the board, a lot of the names that finish off my top 12 tend to gravitate more towards the wide receiver position. And I think DeAndre just offers the rare combination of wide receiver one upside but also like the floor of 100 catches, 1,200 yards, and six or eight touchdowns. Two receivers in Fields' last two picks. Are you still staying with running back at 11, Evan, or is there another position? No, I'm going, I'm going with Michael Thomas. I'm going with Michael Thomas here at number 11. And, you know, the, the Saints just I, – I, they're not going to pose a whole lot of target competition for them. You know, it's going to be Alvin Kamara – and then a bunch of role players. I, I, I don't think that they're going to go make a big wide receiver addition during the offseason. So, whereas, you know, I, I, I'm like, I'm weighing Julio Jones against, against Michael Thomas. Julio Jones is going to have to contend with, you know, Muhammad Sanu is going to come back. You know, Austin Hooper keeps getting better every year. Calvin Ridley is going to be better in his second season. And I think that that's going to damage Julio Jones' consistency somewhat julio jones to me is a top two real life nfl receiver but in fantasy i'd rather have michael thomas because he's competing with you know for targets ted ginn and traquan smith and um you know keith kirkwood i mean you know they got nothing at tight end still and i i don't think that we're going to see them go make a, a big splash you know and go get a, a target hog uh at at any of these other positions so i think that the consistency is going to be superior for michael thomas and he's a guy who continues to get better every year i mean his catch rate was just absurd in 2018 i love how they use him in the slot so much he uh has led the nfl in yards per route run in the slot in back-to-back years um and, and that's just an, an easy way for them to manufacture him catches. Uh, so I, I'm going with Michael Thomas at number 11. Like it there as well. Mike Thomas was certainly in my, uh, you know, sort of like my, my, my last bubble of players to get into the back end of the top 12. Julio, listen, guys, it's, it's, it's not hard to make a case for Julio as well, but Evan uh, talked about the ways to uh, split the difference as we get to uh, this juncture of the back end of the route, round one when you're talking about 
awesome players that all have immense upside. So um, I, I feel like I started the wide receiver run, but I want to end with one running back. And um, I, I don't know if I have to talk myself into this one, but I understand why there might be some people that feel a little bit less confident in him. And that's Joe Mixon. Uh, Joe Mixon is a little bit different than the guys that we've mentioned so far amongst running backs in the sense that his passing game value this past year was not nearly the same as someone like, obviously, Christian McCaffrey, but even the Alvin Kamara, Zeke, Gurley, Saquon, um, those guys, even Melvin Gordon, uh, just 43 catches this year for uh, Joe Mixon. But I don't think that's a lack of ability. I think some of it is the offense that he was playing in this past year. And I don't know that we have a precise feel for what a Zach Taylor offense is going to look like. I hope We hope, obviously, that it has some of the principles that we see with the Rams right now and they're cooking and Todd Gurley is you know or at least for up until the past week was a huge part of that offense Uh, Mixon's a really talented player the offensive line has not been great for either of his two NFL seasons but I think there's enough growth potential there for Joe Mixon and the passing game involvement could pick up to the point that we could see a player uh, that challenges to be a top five running back uh, next season I I, I, Cincinnati feels like one of the teams in the NFL right now that um, like I, I, they're not like the, the direction is like, I don't think the trajectory is sky high. I don't think that they're going to compete for the number one overall pick in 2020 either. They're sort of a stuck in the middle team. Um, but I think that Joe Mixon has a chance to emerge as their best player on offense next season, even factoring in that AJ Green should be back and fully healthy. Right. And with Zach Taylor coming in, you know, maybe he makes, maybe he makes Joe Mixon his Todd Gurley. So you, you hope. know, as, Yep. Um, which could certainly be the case. That was awesome. That was really a, an interesting exercise. Man, I, hadn't, I wasn't even thinking Le'Veon Bell, Evan, just because the uncertainty mm-hmm. and then the Camara as a top five, Devontae Adams as the number one receiver. Really, really an interesting exercise. Field, before we let you go, where are the other places that people can catch you? I know you're everywhere. I know you did a great job getting that Twitter handle seven or eight years ago. But yeah, where else can people find you? So, you know, as you mentioned, Twitter at Field Yates, the, the Mr. Originality here. Uh, the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast wrapped up the 2018-2019 season, but uh, we're going to do plenty of off-season content. So for those who want other football podcasts, you can subscribe on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. And then, you know, in the next, whatever we have, 11 days until the Super Bowl, we'll be on NFL Live. And uh, check it out if you are uh, interested in some midday football conversation. Head over to ESPN. So always a uh, fun two weeks getting ready for the Super Bowl. And uh, no shortage of storylines between these two franchises, which is great. Sounds awesome, man. I will see you there. Thanks so much for coming on the show. All right, guys. Take care. That was amazing. I thought it would be good. It was even better than that. It was fantastic. Terrific job all the way around. You got me fired up for next year already, but I know we still have one more game to play. Only one, by the way, makes me very sad, but we still have one, and you guys could actually be there. Yeah, you heard me. Round trip flight, hotel, VIP tailgate party, tickets to the big game for you and a guest in Hotlanta. Just use the promo code BIGGAME at betonline.ag. As soon as you sign up for a betonline.ag account using the promo code BIGGAME, you're automatically entered. Automatically entered 
to win those two glorious golden tickets. Don't miss out. The promotion ends in five days, January 28th. Then they are going to select a winner. BetOnline.ag has all the details. You just got to make sure, though, you use promo code BIGGAME so you are officially entering that contest. We are officially exiting this show. A lot of fun. Terrific job, Field and Evan. Again, that was excellent. Encourage everybody listening to this one to check out the Even Money podcast today as well because really looking forward to that one. Should be excellent. We've got a terrific guest coming on there as well. And then, by the way, if you didn't check out yesterday's Ross Tucker Football Podcast with Dan Orlovsky breaking down the conference championship games, that was pretty awesome too. The Tuesday edition of the RTFP, Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Very, very cool. Other than that, though, for right now, I'm stuffed. That was a heck of a meal from Field and Evan. I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found. Angie's List is now Angie, your home for everything home. Angie still has the same top pros and reviews you've counted on for more than 20 years, only now you'll also get access to all the tools you need to make your home a happy place. Inside, outside, big or small, Angie helps you find the right solution for whatever you need done, all from your phone. It's simple to find upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. You can even search pricing guides to see what others paid for similar jobs and easily compare quotes from top local pros to make sure you're getting a fair price. From lawn care to repairing the AC to the project of your dreams, Angie has your home projects handled from start to finish. Plus, when you book and pay through Angie, they'll cover your project up to the full purchase price plus limited damage protection with their happiness guarantee. Make your home an Angie home. Check out Angie.com today. And for more on the happiness guarantee, go to Angie.com forward slash happiness hyphen guarantee dot HTM.